Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great week. It's the middle of the week, and it's some exciting times here for Grizzlies fans. Another very impressive victory for the Grizzlies in which they once again showed this new style of winning with success from three good defensive stops overall and really taking advantage of several players stepping up and delivering when it comes to the ability to shoot from distance and just overall a really in sync, just well-oiled machine type game plan from this Grizzlies roster in a 112, or excuse me, a 124-112 victory over the Miami Heat, a team that was, you know, one of the better team, one of the hottest teams in the Eastern Conference, had really been playing well since the trade deadline, but once again, the Grizzlies were able to find success against them. Uh, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SEC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we are. In the first segment, we'll talk about the Heat game, How another game in which quarter by quarter, the Grizzlies continue to answer lingering questions that have been there all season that shows that they may have finally turned a corner to take that next step as far as being a truly competitive team over a playoff run. In the second segment, we'll talk about Kyle Anderson, a guy who's kind of now taken a behind the scenes or taken you know, a step back in terms of being in the spotlight that he shined in earlier this year, but how he's really stepping up in his usual way to support the stars for the Grizzlies right now. And third segment, we'll look at tonight's matchup against the Atlanta Hawks. A back-to-back night for the Grizzlies, but with how they're playing, a really fun matchup tonight against Trey Young and the Hawks. But of course, so last night, the Grizzlies go into the game against the Miami Heat with two impressive victories. You know, basically in any games that they had not played the um, Utah Jazz, this Grizzlies team was performing quite well. They were winning games in different ways, but especially in April, they had stepped up in terms of winning games by both shooting and defending the three well. Two areas up through March this season where the Grizzlies had really struggled. Well, that's where the Grizzlies shine. But the thing that stood out about last night so much was that the Grizzlies quarter by quarter answered a big question that had been lingering about that specific quarter. Through March, we had talked about, especially against the Jazz, how the Grizzlies had struggled when it came to getting off to good starts. Well, last night, they scored 37 points in the first quarter. I believe it's the most they've scored, at least in the second half, and I think it's been a few months since they'd scored that much in a first quarter, you know, as far as this season goes. The second quarter, so the first quarter ended 37 to 34. The Grizzlies had really struggled in the second quarter adapting to adjustments by their opposition. Well, it was the Grizzlies who made their opposition struggle. After allowing 34 points to the Heat in the first quarter, the Grizzlies only allowed 23 points to the Heat in the second. They themselves scored 26. And so the Grizzlies go into halftime with a with a 63 to 57 lead, but the big big key to that was that that they won the first. They they had a p- positive um, plus three, you know, score differential in the first quarter, and a plus three score differential in the second quarter. A plus six score differential in a half where the Grizzlies up until through the end of March where the Grizzlies were a negative 7.5. So a really big swing in terms of their first half production, both offensively and defensively. But the big key to it was limiting the heat from shooting the three and the Grizzlies shooting the three themselves. But the other big key was Dylan Brooks. In the third quarter, Dylan Brooks stepped up when the Grizzlies needed to, just like John Morant had previously done, Jonas Valanciunas had previously done, the Anthony Melton had previously done. Dylan Brooks comes in, scores 23 points for the Grizzlies. 
increasing their lead to almost 18-20 points at one point last night in the third quarter, and he became the second Grizzly in franchise history to score 23 points in the quarter. The only person who scored more was Jaron Jackson Jr. in his memorable game against the Bucks last year. But Dylan Brooks really stepped up, and the Grizzlies continued to shoot the three well by the middle of the third quarter. This Grizzlies team has set a franchise record for the most consecutive games with 15 or more threes. Three games. Only four times in the history of the Grizzlies franchise had they gone consecutive games hitting 15 or more threes, all within the past few years. But this time around, they set a franchise record showing that this stretch of shooting it may be the best we've ever seen. It, it, it Obviously, numbers suggest it may be the best we've ever seen this Grizzlies team shoot the three. So three consecutive games with 15 or more threes setting a franchise record. To add to that, the Grizzlies for three straight games have had 16 or more threes. Overall, the Grizzlies have only had 24 games in the history of their franchise. Literally one out of every 100 games in the history of the Grizzlies franchise has had 16 or more threes hit in it. Three of those games have been the last three. That's how rare and awesome this shooting spree has been for the Grizzlies. And it really, once again, was contribute uh, contributions from everywhere. At halftime, through halftime, seven different Grizzlies had hit threes. And it was Dylan Brooks again who stepped up. He was the one who hit five or more threes, just like Grayson Allen had done previously and DeAnthony Melton had done previously. Dylan came away with arguably one of the top five performances we had seen him, you know, deliver on throughout his career. And I asked Dylan after the game, you know, is this the best you've seen this Grizzlies team play? How much fun is it to see this team play? And he said, it's just so much fun seeing everybody contribute. He knows that they have a system that they operate in where everybody eats, everybody contributes, but seeing it done in a winning way is what really stands out. And the other big development in all this is that John Moran only took eight shots. You know, we thought that the way the Grizzlies were going to are going to win is when John Moran supports a good defensive effort by going for 30. Well, last night, he only took 10 shots, had 10 points, and 4 assists. He didn't need to be Jaw. It was okay for him to take a step back, which he probably needed to do with how much he's gone, you know, how hard he's gone, and for how many minutes over the past, you know, several, um, you know, weeks. But he was able to take a step back, and, and, and the Grizzlies were able to control tribute. Jonas Valanciunas, another double-double night with 20 points and 10 rebounds. Kyle Anderson, who we'll talk a bit more about in the second um, segment of this show, 19 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 ascents. Off the bench, Desmond Bain, another game with 3 or more threes and 15 points. Xavier Tillman, 5 of 7 with 6 rebounds and 11 points. 26 combined points from the Grizzlies rookies was the big bench contribution without DeAnthony Melton and Brandon Clark in the lineup. And so that's what the theme of last night was. It's not just just that this Grizzlies team is is basically turning a new page, showing a new side of itself, and being able to find success from three. It's that once again we're seeing the depth of the Grizzlies step up when key contributors out, especially contributors like Brandon Clark, Justice Winslow, and DeAnthony Melton, who have been so critical to the Grizzlies' defensive success. When they step, when when they're not available, then the Grizzlies are able to bring their rookies, Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman, once again showing how well this Grizzlies team is drafted over the past few years, those guys are able to step right up in expanded minutes, play good team defense, contribute 26 total points, and really play a big factor in a needed win. But at the end of the day, no matter how this Grizzlies team is winning, it's the fact that they are. And it's the fact that they've now beat the 76ers and the Miami Heat 
Two more talented teams in the Grizzlies on paper, but two teams who were not able to contain the Grizzlies' ability to move the ball once again, another game with 30 assists, moving the ball with, with confidence, the readiness and willingness, as Coach Taylor Jenkins says, to shoot the three. This Grizzlies team is creating a new way to find success as teams make it harder. This was the third straight game where the Grizzlies did not have an advantage in the paint, so the Grizzlies are now gaining that confidence with each and every win, especially against quality opponents, where they're able to find another way to win, and that's now shooting the three with confidence and resourcefulness to complement, to balance out the paint. So when teams start focusing now on the three ball, the Grizzlies can go right back to what they do well. So a great, great team win for this Grizzlies team, and another really, really big uh, launching pad for this team as it continues to navigate through a tough Eastern Conference schedule on the road. But when it comes to the Grizzlies themselves... You know, everybody talks about, you know, Ja being the leader, which he obviously is. But the person that really stands out as being, you know, the, the, the contributor, the one that really sets the tone for this Grizzlies team is Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks actually is our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Coming up, we're going to talk about Kyle Anderson and how he's been contributing in a new role for himself, a role where he's kind of taken a back step to other Grizzlies who have stepped up. But before that, we're going to talk about Dylan Brooks a bit and how he stepped up through the month of March in different ways. Dylan Brooks was consistently among the Grizzlies' best contributors in the plus-minus category. He sets the tone so well with his energy on both ends of the court, but now it's through his scoring. He's become more efficient with his shooting, he's become more effective with his play on both ends of the court, and he's doing it with joy. He's doing it with joy because he loves playing basketball so much for this team that loves and supports him. It's the fraternal atmosphere we constantly talk about with the Grizzlies, and because it creates happiness. Whenever these guys step on the court with each other, it creates happiness for them to play well together. And throughout all that, whether it's through their enjoyment or the fans' enjoyment, the brand of Grizzlies basketball is consistently called fun by the players that play in it. And so for that reason, because he's having fun, because he's happy, because he's playing full of joy, Dylan Brooks is playing one of the best stretches of basketball we've seen in his career. And that's why he's our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. But I can tell you this, if you want to add to your enjoyment, happiness, and fun of being a fan... Why not enjoy the Grizzlies game with a nice, refreshing glass of Michelob Ultra? It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. I can tell you this. If asked the question, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? This Grizzlies team right now is winning because they're happy to play together. Can you answer the same way? Again, enjoy a nice glass of Michelob Ultra when you're watching the Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks, who rightfully is our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Really excited for Friday's episode here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Will we, we will have... A familiar guest, Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian, one of the best minds when it comes to covering the Memphis Grizzlies and the Memphis market itself when it comes to sports. He will be with us once again to talk about the second half of the season and how the Grizzlies are looking as they make their playoff push over the final month plus of the season. Plus, we'll talk about what's been going on with the Grizzlies and their upgrade when it comes to delicacies on the road. A lot of fun 
with the Grizzlies, especially Dylan Brooks, when it comes to their post-game meals. We'll talk about that and much more as we catch up with Drew Hill of the Daily Mimpian on Friday's episode of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. But one person that I can tell you that we'll probably talk about as well is Kyle Anderson. Now, Kyle Anderson is, is certainly... In the midst, uh, he's wrapping up what is, you know, if you want to call it a breakout season, that's perfectly fine. He simply is having his best season to date. Second year in Taylor Jenkins' system, healthy, comfortable. You know, he has found a niche and a role for himself that really is thriving. But the thing about it is this, is that that role that he's thriving in is different from what it was a month ago. You know, when the Grizzlies started out the season without Justice Winslow and without Jaron Jackson Jr., they had bouts of injuries with John Rant being out for extended periods, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Clark. The Grizzlies leaned on Kyle Anderson more when it came to his ability to produce, especially when it came to his ability to score. And Kyle Anderson was willing to step up to the plate. You know, in many people's opinions, he truly was the first half MVP for the Grizzlies, not only with what he was doing on the offensive end, but also with his contributions defensively and helping this Grizzlies team emerge as a top 10 defensive team this year and that start to be their identity on the court. But, you know, through February, Kyle really, really stood out as being, you know, arguably the second or third most impactful offensive player for this Grizzlies team for much of the first half. Through February of this year, Kyle Anderson averaged 13.6 points per game on 48% shooting from the field. He made 1.6 threes per game on 39% shooting from three, which was just an it was a DeAnthony Melton type improvement when it came to shooting the three. He also averaged six rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Well, as March came around, whether it be maybe it was fatigue, maybe it was getting into a role with the Grizzlies being healthier, maybe it was him kind of taking the step back that we've seen him do, Kyle Anderson struggled a bit. You know, he struggled with his shot. You know, he struggled to find consistency, and the numbers showed it. You know, between the season through February and then in March, here's how the numbers looked. He went from 13.6 points through the end of February to only 10.4 points per game in March. His field goal percentage stayed right around 48%, but his three-point production certainly went down. After shooting 1.6 threes per game at 39%, through the end of February in the month of March, Kyle Anderson only made 0.8 threes per game and shot 26% from three, similar to what he had done for many stretches before this season with the Grizzlies. He all His production across the board also went down. He, he declined from six rebounds to 4.6 in March, from three assists to 2.8 in uh, March, and then he still averaged one still a game. So Anderson was still contributing, but the same, the the... the number of different ways in which he was adding positive value did dwindle a bit. But the thing about it is, is that whether it was fatigue, whether it was, you know, his roles changing, whatever it may be, it did take a little bit of an adjustment period. It took a bit of transition for Kyle Anderson to change his production role, to change what he was doing. He was going from being, in many cases, the main source of different areas of production for the Grizzlies to now with them being healthy, He was assuming the role as kind of being that second guy 
in many categories. For instance, when it comes to scoring, you've got John Morant, you've got Jonas Valanciunas. You know, they're, they're fine doing that. As a matter of fact, when it comes to the starters in general, we've talked about all four other starters a lot in the month of March. Jaw obviously being the face of the franchise. Jonas with how dominant he's been with double-doubles. Dylan really stepping up his consistency and then talking about who should be starting at the two-guard position. Kyle Anderson not necessarily has been a forgotten man. He just hasn't been talked about as much. But that's where he started to thrive as he transitioned to that role. Again, in some cases, he was looked at being the main source of either scoring or facilitating or defense or whatever during the first half of the season. But with this Grizzlies you know, roster now you know, having a stretch of good health, Anderson no longer has had to have been the main source in any one area. But he is emerging as kind of that second source, that second needed source in many areas defensively. When it comes to assists, when it comes to rebounding, he's answering the call once again, especially over the past week or so. Though he did average the numbers in March that he did, here's Kyle Anderson's stat lines over the past four games. Against Utah, the last game against Utah, he had 18 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks, showing that he was a true post presence in that game. Then, though he only scored seven points against Minnesota in only 20 minutes of play, he did contribute seven assists and eight rebounds, facilitating and getting big rebounds in a game that was closer than it should have been, but Kyle Anderson certainly made big plays to give the Grizzlies opportunities to win the game. Then against Philadelphia in 25 minutes, 10 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and three blocks. Across the court contributions, being a playmaker, creating extra possessions and effective possessions on both ends of the courts for the Grizzlies. And then last night, of course, and inarguably was what was one of the Grizzlies' best defensive performances or offensive performances, especially to start a game in quite a while, 19.8 total rebounds, six assists, and one steal. So the contributions are there across the board. Seven blocks over his past four games, four steals. Overall, he's averaging nearly eight rebounds per game and around five assists per game, along with probably around 15 points a game. 15, 5, and 5 basically being his game average over the past four games. And that's exactly what the Grizzlies need for Kyle Anderson to do. The score, the heavy lifting of the scoring is going to be done by Jaw. Um, Jaron and Dylan, obviously. The two-guard position is there to be the distant shooter. Kyle is the glue guy. He's the one that does, who, who, who kind of is relied upon to be the second producer in a lot of areas that don't require counting stats. Being the second most effective defender, being the second facilitator, being the second rebounder in that starting lineup. But he does it all so well, and as the last four games have shown, he's thrived to do it. And I asked Coach Jenkins about that yesterday, about him transitioning to a new role, and he said that it's just simply Kyle Anderson doing what he's at, you know, doing what's needed. You know, if that's scoring or if that's stepping up as being an, an overall offense producer, he'll do that. If it's shining on defense, he'll do that. If it's someone who's more in a complementary role now on offense than being in a main role, he'll do that. And so that's the style of play that we're starting to see from Kyle Anderson. Yes, he struggled in March, but now he's gone from starring to being a compliment. 
And that is the biggest compliment that we can give to Kyle Anderson's style of play is that exact that's exactly what he is doing. His complimentary style of play to kind of fill in the loose spots, fill in the blanks for this Grizzlies team as they're trying to paint a complete picture of success for a full 48 minutes. Kyle Anderson is continuing to do that and is really thriving in an, a, another type of role than he had from the beginning of this season as being and a guy who can contribute across the board. But the other big thing that has separated the Kyle Anderson from where he was, where he is this year to who he had previously been has been shooting the threes. He did struggle in the month of March, but over the past four games, he's made a three and he's made a three in four consecutive games, and over that stretch, he is now 7 of 16 from 3 as well. So he's starting to find his stroke again. So it's good to see Kyle getting back to where he once was, though it may not be in the same type of role. It's the exact type of role that he needs to be in to make this offense successful. A two-way player who does several things good across the board and can step up in any one category for whatever is, is required that night to give the Grizzlies the best chance to win. Well, they're going to need it once again tonight as they face another very strong Eastern Conference opponent and one of the ones who has been playing very well since they've had a coaching change in the Atlanta Hawks. Coming up, we're going to look at tonight's matchup with the Hawks, another game in which the Grizzlies are going to be a bit shorthanded, but if they continue to play like they have been, they'll still have a good chance to win tonight in Atlanta. And the winner is Coconut Brownie Chunk. Yeah, that's correct. Coconut Brownie Chunk. That is the March Madness winner in terms of the best tasting built bar over at builtbar.com. Now, you may have been thinking that I was about to reference a few other tournaments that went on in March, and congratulations to the Baylor Bears as well as the Stanford Lady Cardinal in their national championship winning campaigns this year. But Coconut Brownie Chunk is right up there with them when it comes to a March Madness tournament winner. But the crazy thing is, is that Coconut Brownie Chunk tastes great. But no matter what preferences you have when it comes to your taste buds, Built Bar has you covered. And the thing about it is, Built Bar itself is an amazing product. The pro, the best tasting protein bar out there on the market, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and that's versatile. You can have it in the morning for breakfast, in the afternoon for a snack, before or after a workout. Doesn't matter, it's going to add a benefit to your day. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right Right now, and you put in the promo code LOCKED ON, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar using the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 from BuiltBar.com. Head on over to the website and add it to your day. I can promise when you do that, it'll be there to stay. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED ON, and get 15% and put, put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Obviously, the NCAA tournaments are now over with. But the crazy thing is, is that it, it, the sports world just keeps on giving. If you as a fan like to wager and bet on sports, the stretch runs, stretch runs of the NBA, the NHL, baseball being in full swing, UFC fights, soccer around the world, golf about to get going again tomorrow with the Masters. Any and everything that you enjoy doing as a fan when it comes to betting and wagering is out there. And I've got the one place that has you covered and you can trust, and that's Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON and head to the website or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From Bet Online. 
Get more get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now the theme of tonight's game, as it is any time the Hawks and the Grizzlies face each other, is of course the matchup of John Morant and Trey Young, two of the best young point guards in the league. Some, obviously, two of the bigger brands when it comes to you know stars under 25 in the league. And two players who are experiencing really successful seasons as the faces of their franchises, finally. Uh, though it may have taken different rays in which, you know, with the Grizzlies, it's been a gradual buildup with Taylor Jenkins, John Moran, and their young core. With the with the Hawks, it simply was a coaching change that allowed for them to take a team that had made a lot of win-now moves, you know, in the offseason to really make the move that it needed to to be in the Eastern Conference playoff race. And the end result is two teams that are uh, evenly matched in, in, in terms of where the records are. The Hawks are 27-24, and 24, the Grizzlies 26-24. and 24. I still would probably say that the Hawks are a bit more talented when they're at full strength than the Grizzlies, but a lot of that is because of the you know talent that they've added over the past 12 months, a lot more veterans and things such as that. But the thing at the end of the day is this, both teams will be a bit shorthanded tonight and they'll be missing some key players, um, which makes the fact that they've had the success that they've had in both teams' instances that much more impressive with the fact that they've been without some key players over that time. For the Grizzlies, it's going to be Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Justice Winslow. Yes, John Morant did have a bit of a scare last night when it came to his side. He, he, was, he was okay, said after the game. He's a warrior. No need to worry, Grizz fans. I had speculated it might be a night to sit him. He may have earned that type of night. You know, with how hard he's played and how many minutes he's played. But, of course, when it comes to him, you know that he's going to be on the court no matter what. And so that's the end result. For the Hawks, it's also some significant players out. Danilo Gallinari is questionable, whereas John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Chris Dunn, and others are also out. Forgive me, my apologies. The other player that is out tonight is Cam Reddish. So some very, very significant depth for both teams are out. But the fact that DeAndre Hunter and John Collins are both out, and they're probably going to be out for an extended time, you know, the Hawks have had a very successful stretch in March. Ever since they fired Coach Lloyd Pierce back on March 1st, the Hawks are 13-4 and four over the past 17 games and have turned from what would have been a really disappointing season and maybe, you know, resulting in the, their general manager losing his job as well. They've now completely turned their season around under the guidance of Nate McMillan. And the reason why is because Nate McMillan is back to playing the style of basketball that brought him so much success in Indiana. This Hawks team is shooting the three well. They're second in field goal percentage, second in three-point field goal percentage since the start of March. But the big thing also is that they're defending the three well as they they are a top five team in defending the three this year. They also are a top five team in terms of rebound or a top 10 team in terms of rebounding and limiting assists from their opposition. This team also gets to the free throw line very well. So the thing that stands out about the Hawks is that they know how to get to the free throw line, especially, you know, Trey Young, but they also are shooting the three very accurately. So that what that means is simply this the Grizz 
Grizzlies are going to have to put a big focus on guarding the perimeter, but doing it without fouling so that they can have, you know, keep this Hawks offense contained as much as possible. Think about it as this, though, is that even without DeAndre Hunter and John Collins not playing as much as, as you know, hopefully they, you know, the Hawks had hoped, Trey Young isn't just absolutely going off like we've seen Zion Williamson and De'Aaron Fox happen. Since March 1st, he's averaging 23 points and 9.5 assists per game, shooting 44% from the field and making about two and a half threes per game on 37% shooting from three. He's been Trey Young. He certainly has been effective. It's just not it, it, the explanation for this strong play from the Hawks, though, is more that it's been a team effort from players like Clint Capella and others just as, as much as it has been from the contributions of Trey Young. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Grizzlies might be able to pull this victory off. The free throws are mentioned because that's what really hurt the Grizzlies last game, the second game of the season in which John Morant and Trey Young went back-to-back. -back. Both had incredible games, but it was Trey Young's ability to get fouls produced that really helped the Hawks be able to pull ahead and do well in that game to earn the 122-112 to victory. So tonight, the big thing for the Grizzlies is this, is that they're going to have to defend the three well, and they're going to have to be disciplined on defense without fouling. Also, it would really benefit them if they had another night where they shot the three well. Now, at some point, you know, they're going to fall off. I don't think that the Grizzlies making 15 to 16 threes a night is sustainable from, you know, that's basically them, you know, once the calendar turned from March to April, the Grizzlies double their production from three. I don't necessarily know how sustainable that is. One of these nights, they're going to fall off a bit when it comes to their production from three. But tonight, the Grizzlies may find some opportunities in the paint, though the Hawks do have Clint Capella and Yanyak on Kongwu backing him up, and they are they they are have been um, eighth in blocks, and you know they are again eighth in total rebounds on the season. So they do have some bodies that can be in the paint, but the Grizzlies may be able to have a little bit of success getting to the paints themselves this season. So when it comes or this game, so when it comes to the game tonight, the Grizzlies are going to have to defend the three again, well again once again, do it without fouling to keep the Hawks off the line, so they don't have that extra source of income. And another big thing for the Grizzlies is when the areas that they're good at. This would be a good night to balance shooting the three-wheel again, but also winning again in the areas that they're strong at. Having more assists, getting more fast break points, getting more points off turnovers, getting more offensive rebounds, getting um, you know uh, points in the paint as well. Those extra areas where the Grizzlies consistently create extra possessions, and in a lot of their uh, wins, they lead in three or the, four of those categories. Tonight would be a great night to do it in order to earn the victory. To be honest with you, and when it comes to this game, eventually the game the Grizzlies are probably going to struggle a bit from how they've been playing over the past three games. So if tonight's it, I, I can certainly understand it. You know, at some point, fatigue is going to catch up with them. Another victory would be nice, and the Grizzlies certainly can pull it off because they're pretty evenly matched with how both teams are constructed right now, considering the injuries that are going on. So the Grizzlies do have a chance tonight. It'll be it, it'll be very interesting to see how they come out and play, and if they do wind up struggling, either shooting the three or defending the three, can they adjust back to their strengths that got them to this point before they started shooting and defending the three so well to be able to, again, find that balance Coach Taylor Jenkins is looking for where if one aspect of their game is not where they want it to be, they can build off of the, uh, they can build off the other aspect showing up.
Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Again, you can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. We're going to have two guests, actually, um, over the next few days. Jesse Sinquini of Celtics Blog. He also writes for the Knicks and Grizzly Bear Blues. He'll be joining me for tomorrow's episode to discuss this Eastern Conference road trip, some fun ideas when it comes to the Grizzlies and their future alignment in the league, as well as looking forward to the Knicks matchup on Friday night. And then, of course, Drew Hill from the Daily Memphian will be joining us on Friday to discuss all things Grizzlies in the second half as they make their playoff push. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, the podcast wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you listen to your podcasts, that's where we will be. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the game tonight. Trey versus Jaw, Volume 2 this year. Hopefully Jaw gets the upper hand tonight. We'll talk with you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.